Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. And hey, girlfriend, I'm Julie Bender. See what I did there? I did. (laughs) I mean, we're here. We're going to talk about friendship. And I mean, aren't our listeners basically our girlfriends? Yeah, I, th- I think they are. I hope they are. I hope are. they think they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we think you are. So you know what? Whether you think so or not, we're in. Well, the truth is, is to really walk this grit and grace life well, to get to the other side with any joy and happiness, you do have to have friends that you can count on and that you're walking life with. I mean, you guys know I have my extra girl gang, but I actually have a lot of separate little girl <laughs> squads. They all have their names. It's a whole situation. I think you should color code them or something. That would be Julie. awesome. Yeah. I have them on my calendar like, oh, this is a yellow event. That must be uh-huh. people's moms. Whatever. And you, I mean, you've got friends all over the country at this point, right? I do. I do. Mine are a little bit different. They aren't, you know, little tribes that... <laughs> I color code, but I have a few very, very, very dear long-term friends that we may not speak to each other for months at a time because we're busy, and then we get on the phone and everything in life is caught up. Well, that's when you know it's a good friend. And the truth is, is whether you're more like Darlene, you know, a few closer, deeper friendships or more like me, lots of important friendships, it's not really a number that matters. It's the quality, not the quantity when it comes to friendship. It is. It really is. And don't feel like you have to be one or the other. It's fine. Whatever friendship role you find yourself in, go for it. But with that being said, every friendship is going to, at some point or another, have some sort of conflict. It's literally inevitable. And it's not so much if you have conflict, but it's more how you handle it. Because as you go through seasons, you're going to have highs and lows in your life and they're going to have highs and lows. And, you know, navigating those things together is part of what deepens the friendship and at times can also create conflict. It's true, Julie. And, you know, we've talked a lot about seasons of a woman's life and that really does affect your friendships Mm -hmm. because you may have just gotten married and you have friends that are still single or your friend got married and you're still single or now you're a mom and they're not kind of complicates it. I literally had a friend say to me the other day, you know, just so you know, I've had a little bit of a hard time when you got married. It, you know, it changed our friendship. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's true. And I, you know, just had to kind of sit with that moment. So for sure, seasons play a big role. So kind of thinking through this, we wanted to bring you somebody today who has a lot of experience with changing friendships, but still holding on to them, allowing them to be strong. Well, and it wasn't easy for her, Julie, but this last year, she kind of mastered it. She had nine bridesmaids in her wedding. I mean, come on. That's impressive in itself. (laughs) It really is. And she got to reconnect with eight of them this year, and they're all long distance. That is impressive. I can't wait to hear more about it. Today's guest is Katie Kress. Katie's a counselor and educator who moved across the country from Georgia to California after marrying her high school sweetheart at the age of 22. Because of this, she has a vested interest in Pittsburgh Steelers football, Atlanta Braves baseball, and the California fashion scene. Katie makes a mean sweet tea in the summer and craves a strong Seattle brewed coffee every day. She could be your friend, Dar. (laughs) She's also a mom of two and a writer for Grit and Grace Life. Welcome, Katie. It's really good to have you today. Good afternoon or evening. Which is it for y'all? Is it evening yet? (laughs) 
It's hard to know, right? When you're doing coast to coast. I don't know. I can. I just look at Dar. She's drinking coffee. It doesn't help me know what time of day it no, is. No, because that's all day and all oh night. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's 1.30 here. My husband's doing a kid's pickup for me. So I have the house to myself. That is so awesome. Well, we want to make sure we make the most of it. I know you recently wrote for us at Grit and Grace <laughs> about your summer where you reconnected with eight out of nine bridesmaids, um, really kind of making the most of those friendships. And we totally want to hear about that. But first, I'm intrigued about the challenges you must have experienced moving away from those friends before you even had to throw in the towel and go see them again. What was it like getting married um, and a minute later moving? Yes, it was is a massive adjustment, which, you know, at the ripe age of 22, I sort of anticipated, well, yes, this is probably going to be a challenge. But I like definitely didn't understand how much I would feel that distance from this great support system. I mean, I was so lucky in high school and college. I just had amazing women as my friends. I wish all of them could be on here with me Mm -hmm. so we could ask them how they are so strong and fabulous, but they are great. So yeah, at my wedding, I got married right after college. Um, My husband and I had dated long distance all throughout college. So I was living in Florida. He was out here in California. Uh, We got married in our home state of Georgia and literally a week, the day after we got married, we went on our honeymoon the day we got back from our honeymoon, we flew to California. And, and I remember, oh my goodness, so embarrassing, just like breaking down in the airport. So here's this like new bride and I'm just <laughs> breaking down, just realizing the magnitude of moving and not knowing anybody or anything. So it was traumatic from the moment you landed in California. I mean, I'm sure culturally in every other way, because, you know, California is a little bit different than Georgia or even Southern Florida. Um, oh, so sure. it had to have been just a complete break from everything that you knew. I had never lived like downtown in a city before. So just literally everything I had known was different. And I had my husband, Florida knew his friends, but... Um, you know, change is hard. Mm-hmm. Good change is hard. Bad change is hard. And that was just a whole lot of change. So what did you do to help process that change? Because certainly you, at 22, you're not really equipped to just handle it on your own. <laughs> and he probably True. couldn't help you either. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, luckily, I um, started getting my master's in school counseling. And like most counseling programs, they recommend that you get your own therapy or require it um, for your professional development, but also for your personal health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure my, my professor was like, okay, you're like the youngest one here. You're 22, just got married, move. You're for sure getting counseling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, luckily I took her up on that suggestion and I found a therapist and actually, um, pulled my husband along with me because I'm sure, I mean, I know it was hard for him to also have a new bride mm-hmm. who's so overwhelmed and kind of depressed. So um, we went together and while there, like the first four or five sessions, which probably spanned a pro- like a couple months, the main focus for me the count was the counselor asking me, okay, Katie, who did you call this week? Who did you reach out to? Did you tell anybody that you're struggling? Mm-hmm. Um, and like for session after session, it was me just kind of like 
side swooping that question of like, oh, you know, I was busy. I got a lot going on. I'm sure they're busy too. And I mean, you know, I haven't reached out in a long time. So, you know, just totally avoiding it. And I don't think I was just avoiding it because I was worried that those friends would be upset. I think that was part of it. But I think a larger part was I was pretty sad and withdrawn. Mm -hmm. And like most people, when you feel sad and overwhelmed, you tend to pull inward. And it's hard once you're there to get back in. And I, I know that that counselor was really pressing me on who I was reaching out to. Because all counselors, therapists, doctors, any person who works with people will agree that two things you need to thrive are connection or a sense of belongingness and a purpose. Hmm. And for me, I was struggling very much so with both of those things. I was really lost in my purpose. I know that that therapist was really trying to pull me out to take some baby steps to re-engage with this incredible support system I had. So there had to have been obstacles that you had to surmount, Katie, because these were long-distance friends. It's it's often hard to maintain local friends, mm-hmm. but let alone long-distance mm-hmm. long ones. Uh, how did you handle that? I'd much prefer all my friends in the same place. I'd much rather live with you know, close to my family and my in-laws. That's what I prefer. That's the life I had pictured for myself. But as probably a lot of you couldn't relate, sometimes your life doesn't connect the dots to create the picture that you had envisioned. And I think for a long time, I was like really wallowing in that a little, like holding on to that. Like if I let go of wanting to live there and I can't, then I don't want to, you know, just kind of just like, nope, not going to do it. If it, it doesn't, if it's not going to be my, what I pictured, then I don't want to figure it out. There's like a lesson there in the level of expectations that you put on any relationship are ultimately going to be a part of, you know, weakening that bond. So for me, I spent a long time kind of like not fully participating in this life in front of me and this California life, I guess. Um, and for a while, I just realized, like, what am I doing? This, I have to participate in the present moment. I can't focus on what's going to happen next or try to gain control. I just got to participate in what's in me now. Um, and I knew that in order to live fully in the present, I needed to incorporate these people I love. Of course, for me to be happy with where I was, I had to figure out how to incorporate these long distance friendships. So I think the main thing I learned was just just going for it. It sounded like a Nike commercial, just do it. But <laughs> that's like what I had to do. I just had to do it. Like I had to stop worrying about, oh, is this person still at work? Or, oh, this person's probably on a date, not going to bug her. So I just remember making this goal for myself of like, I'm just going to send a text, kind of set it up for me so the conversation's a little easier And so it's kind of on their radar that I want to connect. So I just sent texts and I did start with all my bridesmaids because they were the easiest people to talk to about what I was going through. So I remember just sending them all like separately, simple texts of like, hey, I'm so sorry. I haven't been as present with you or reaching out to you. But honestly, I've been really struggling um, and I, I really would love to connect whenever we can figure it out. 
Well, and did you worry that on the other end of the text, maybe it wasn't good timing, maybe it wasn't convenient, or maybe they didn't even necessarily, they weren't excited about hearing from you. Did that cross your mind? Oh, absolutely. It absolutely crossed my mind. And I think that's what at first I kept doing of, yes, I was a little bit avoiding it, but also I was like waiting for the perfect time to call them when I had like an uninterrupted hour and I knew it matched up in their day so they could have time to tell me what's going on. But I kind of learned that that doesn't always happen. I mean, sometimes it does and it's great and sometimes it's necessary, but I think we underestimate the power of just a small connection and a small text and that people will be open to receiving that. So I know we kind of set this up that you had this summer of connecting with your bridesmaids and you're saying it really just started with texting and then probably eventually phone calls. And then you took the huge step to make it a priority to connect with as many of them as possible literally reaching out and connecting with eight in one summer. Um, And I think for the person who's, you know, listening and thinking, well, I didn't move cross country and, you know, the bulk of my friends don't necessarily live so far away. But like Darlene Mm -hmm. said at the beginning, I still struggle to connect from time to time with even my friends who are in my everyday life. That that reminder of not waiting for some perfect moment, but to just reach out, make a connection. Sometimes a random text from a friend literally changes the entire direction of your day, even if you don't get to talk back to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, um, I wrote an article for Grit and Grace, the Justin Timberlake one, naturally, (laughs) where I talk about neurons, and I won't geek out on you guys too hard right now, but um, the brain works. (laughs) 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 But tell me about the brain. Darlene likes to teach me science too. Yeah, I'll tell you about the brain. I know Justin Timberlake and the brain is confusing, but um, the brain. So it works in such a way that our brains recognize emotions in others that's familiarity like the same parts of my brain might light up when yours are lighting up and that's when we know that people are feeling sad or happy we can feel that like without our friends talking sometimes we know if they're upset um that's how our brains work and when we share experience with people those experiences are mapped into our brains even more so when we get a text from someone it like releases those feel-good experiences that we had with them and it released it all like the feel-good hormones all the good stuff so that's why like getting a text it's like comfort food it's like comfort food mm-hmm. for your for your soul mm-hmm. well I know friendships have the feel-good side but Katie there's also the messy side of a friendship where <laughs> you may have a conflict yeah. or a misunderstanding or you know just reading each other wrong even though most of the time you might read each other right um, and so that that kind of plays into reconnecting with someone and how do you overcome those mm-hmm. things I think that's why it was important for me to kind of admit like hey I'm struggling like be the one that's being open and putting it out there that we can kind of be that safe place for each other where we're being honest about what's going on. Um, So I think setting that foundation of being open and vulnerable with each other is important. That can't be one-sided where someone's saying, I'm the one feeling hurt right now, but no one else is sharing how they're feeling. 
this actually happened to me the other day. One of my closest friends, we were walking out of the gym together and she pulled me aside and was like, hey, can we talk? And I thought, you know, just about the workout or something. And we proceeded to sit down and have a very vulnerable conversation where she just said, I feel disconnected from you. And, you know, kind of laid out a couple things over the last month that I had said And, you know, the way I had said them in my eightness, if you're an Enneagram geek, um, had just hit her (laughs) wrong. And I'm the whole time I'm like, but that's just me and I'm a jerk and still love me, you know, and just being able to own that. Uh Wow. When I said that, that's certainly not how I meant it. But I hear how you heard it now. And that was definitely not my intention. And kind of working through the awkwardness of that to own my part and then to just say, no, we're good. This friendship is important. I'm sorry I hurt you. You know, how can we make it right? Yeah, that's exactly, I think, the model that has worked for me and my healthy friendships. And not all friendships can be healthy like that. But I think the healthy ones are the ones that you feel that comfort and safety to say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Um, can you hear that? And then you can hear that, receive that, but then both decide how are we going to move, move forward from this, um, and not focus on the petty. You know, I think it's pretty important to start to learn, okay, what is something that I can let go, um, or work through? What is kind of something that's less significant and petty? And what is the more significant thing and kind of understanding those two so you can have the fuel to keep moving forward with your friends. I think for me, Katie, one of the things I've realized with my friends that I've had for so much of my life is that it was a process that we've gone through a lot of life together and the ups and downs and been willing to Mm -hmm. stand by each other no matter what. But that doesn't come easily. You have to work at that. Um, Do you find that to be true of the friends that you've reconnected with and even the new ones? Right. No, absolutely. Relationships are work. I think when you have these good friends that are important in your life, I try to look at it more like a marathon and then instead of a sprint, like we're in this for a long time together, hopefully. So it does require some patience and it requires work. Um, and I think it requires work on just doing the, t- the time, like trying to put the time in and making those connections, whether it's in person, whether it's a text, whether it's a phone call, that's a layer of work. But I think another layer of work is um, giving grace and yeah, understanding that friendships have seasons and being patient with that. I think one of the things I go back to the friendships that I have, and one of the things is they're so deep that I can literally not talk to them for a period of time. And then I might reach out and not hear from them for a month, for six weeks. But then when I do, Mm -hmm. they'll apologize profusely. And I can honestly (laughs) say, but I know you love me, but I absolutely know you love me. And they're like, I do. I I do. And I could say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the foundation. And when you're patient and you don't focus on the petty and you actually reach out, you get to the place where you will always know those relationships will last through good times, bad times, absence, presence, everything in between. And I think that applies to both long distance relationships and those who are nearby. For sure. Absolutely. There's, there's just nothing better than 
understanding that this is an unconditional friendship, right? Like you've done the work with this person that you know that it's a safe person that, yeah, if you mess up and don't get back for a while, they're not going to have written you off and banned you from their life. Like there's space for that. Um, yeah, for sure. And I, that does go with friends here and friends far, even my friends now, like, one of those nine bridesmaids actually lived in California. She moved a year before me. So you would have thought that we'd be attached to the hip once we moved here. Um, but life just doesn't always work like that. Like we had different careers. And then um, with this friend and my other friends that had babies around my same time, it's like when their babies are small, you're together all the time. You're doing all the toddler things. But then they've grown up and they're in different school communities and different activities. Like life just doesn't always intersect. I think it's very rare if you have a friend where you're always able to see each other often. Um, so I think if you have a friend that you hold dear, you're going to have to go through that process of just going for it whenever you can. Um and being patient when they can't reciprocate so that you can be that person that has open arms and can catch up right where you left off when you have the chance. Well, Katie, before your family comes walking in the door from um, school, will you tell us a little <laughs> bit more of specifically how you accomplished this incredible feat of seeing that many of your bridesmaids in one short summer? Yeah, you know, this summer just felt like I can speak for all of us, just such like a gift and just a picture of all this hard work that we put in from texting and calling and voicemailing and not getting back to each other and then getting back to each other for like over a decade now of just, um, yeah, it was just that work paying off and how I did it. You know, some of it was planned. I think I mentioned this earlier. It was a planned trip with the Airbnb, um, we had babysitters lined up for months and we made that great like weekend girls getaway. So that was wonderful. But the others were just like, Hey, I'm going to be in your home state and I am willing to drive four hours with my children mm -hmm. um, to see you and someone else. Can you be there? Right. And um, some were like, yeah, like come spend the night at my house. We'll do dinner. I want to see your kids because some of my friends haven't really spent time with my kids. Right. So it was fun to bring the kids. I think that's a side note. Once you have kids, don't just wait until you don't have the kids with you mm -hmm. because that makes it harder. So me and the kids like spent some nights over at friends houses with my husband. And one friend was like, Hey, I've only had like 45 minutes. Can you meet me at this playground on your way out of town? And we had a little play date with our kids. And whether it was like a coffee date, a weekend getaway by the beach, or like an overnight at someone's house sleeping on their couch, each one was like so significant to us. It wasn't the the quantity of time. It was just the quality of that reconnection and kind of it said to each other, like, I still value you after all these years. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it was great. That sounds so awesome. It makes me want to try to line something up with some of my old college roomies or even just being more intentional with my friends nearby. So thank you so much for being willing to come and share that with us. I'm going to make no. sure to link to some of your articles from Grit and Grace in the show notes and how people can follow you online to learn more about your adventures in your Cali life. Okay.
Thank you both for having me. Katie, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy your kids tumbling in your home soon. Julie, you know, friendship is so important and it really helps us a lot in life. And in fact, there is a Bible verse that tells us that too. And that's Proverbs 17, 17. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. You know what? We kind of need that loyalty. We need that friendship and we also need to be it. And especially when we need each other, I think it's really important. I know I'm going to be thinking about some of the things that Katie shared with us for both my friends here in my everyday life that I get too busy to hang out with and then those that I really want to reach out and connect with kind of from my former seasons of life. So let's all commit to not wait for the perfect time, but just go for it and making that connection with a friend. And when we have those misunderstandings or conflicts in our friendships, we'll choose to not focus on the pettiness and we'll be patient in the process giving ourselves and our friends grace when needed. Guys, be sure to tune in next week. We are bringing back author and speaker Christy Wright. She is going to give us practical steps on how we can take back our time. I know I'm going to need that one, and you probably will too. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.